I'm trying to eat good, but I'm I'm probably gonna lay low. And with this many cities, with, with doing this many cities, I'm probably gonna lay low and just kind of make sure I eat good and have a good time on stage. Dope, dope. So if you if you're listening to this, go ahead and send Sellers the best places to eat along the tour. So Absolutely, knows, I need know, where, that where he can eat. I need that. Yes. <laughs> Welcome back to your favorite podcast. My name is Alyssa David. We have your co-host Marvin Castillo. Marvin, say what's up to the people. What's up, people? What's going on? We're back. Season two, episode four. Wow. We're running through this. Yeah. I, I four. feel like it's flying. It's flying. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. It's been a while, right, since we like had recorded from that first time. And now I feel like we're just going at a steady pace. Like we're just running through this. We right. actually just had a podcast that we did yesterday. We're doing one right. today. So it's just, right. it's been fun. And I actually grinding, like getting yeah. back into the swing of things. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is our first morning podcast, right, Marvin? Uh, yeah, I would say it is for sure. Yeah. yeah, we usually come at night. We do a little, you know, after work. Everybody's right, got dinner right. in their bellies, all t- all that type of stuff. But <laughs> right. this is the first time we're doing a morning podcast, and I'm excited. Uh, but before we jump into our guest and things like that, I wanted to tell you about an experience that I had yesterday, Marvin. I need to repent on the podcast to you. Oh, wow. Um, I was driving yesterday. Okay. Um, and I've experienced road rage, if you will, but never to this level. Like there was an anger that came out of me. There was this woman, peak, peak road rage. Yeah, it was peak road rage. There was this woman, um, and she was you know coming through in her car, and you know you're like merging to get onto the highway, right? And mm. she decides that she's gonna insert her car, like onto the shoulder and try to get in front of me. And so when I tell you that there was this anger <laughs> that went through me, just because I'm like, what what are you doing? Like like right. what are you doing? I said some words that I've repented to Jesus for, uh, but there was just this anger and it was more so that like, she just kept doing it. Like, it was like, no, no, no. Like, that's not going to happen. I'm gonna keep going. And she kept going. And so it came to this point where it's like, I either slam into you or I just let you go. Um, And can I just be honest? I, I I thought about slamming into it. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. Be just because I, I don't know what it was but in that moment i was like maybe i got some anger issues i need to take to jesus because i, I kid you not like there was just this anger inside of me and then she like we're driving right everything's passed we come normal and i get up and we're, i'm driving again everything's fine and she pulls up next to me and now wow. i'm like oh, okay here's the moment right right so i look over to her i think the thing that made me the most mad was that she didn't look back at me you know usually if you have a interaction right. like that the two people look right. at each other and you know you may say There's some things. type of interaction yeah. yeah she didn't look at me and i don't know why that made me more mad i mean kudos like, to disrespect. her yeah because yeah. she didn't give in to the anger but to <laughs> me i was i i can't explain the anger that went through my body and so i'll just come on the podcast to say to this woman she probably will never hear this but i apologize for the anger that took over me um for those of you out there who drive road rage is real um i've never experienced an anger like that never in my life i I don't know what it was i mean i I can imagine i've I've only experienced you know obviously you being behind the wheel when you come over Mm -hmm. and uh you know, I know there's one little peep and you're ready, like, yo, chill, relax, you know, and I'm like, yeah. so I could just imagine where, you know, where that, where that went up. Yeah, I think the thing with New York, though, like, when I drive there, like, people are just so quick to beep, like, the light turns green, and they're like, eh. I'm like, right. yo, chill relax. out, like, yeah. or, like, there's been times where I'm driving, and obviously, there's, like, a person crossing the street, 
I remember this one time there was a guy across the street he had a cane people are beeping behind me I'm like do you want me to run the man over like what like right. there's just no grace no like chillness and so to me it just it gets me upset it mm-hmm. gets me frustrated you know what I'm saying um so I just felt like we should start the podcast off with a little bit of that talking yeah. about that um releasing that so that we can we can go forward in a chill manner you know what I'm saying um but yeah I mean sorry Jesus I I apologize for the words that I said I apologize for just the the way that I went about that um but how's your morning going so far Morgan my morning is going good um honestly I just got to sleep in this is my my first uh you know, with with the new schedule that I got, this is literally the first Friday in a long time where I'm off. Yeah. Um, and it's Good Friday, so it felt good to just kind of like sleep in. I have to go to the gym or nothing. Just wake up when I wake up, and then, uh, you know, excited to do this. So here we are. Yeah, yeah, it is Good Friday today. For by the time this podcast comes out, it won't be Good Friday. <laughs> but yeah. but for you guys who are listening, we are recording right now on Good Friday. So I actually have the day off, which is sweet. I actually woke nice. up this morning feeling like it was Saturday. Yeah, same. I thought it was Saturday, and then I was like, wait a minute, it's not Saturday. Right. So, yeah. But on this Good Friday, we have a guest that we want to introduce you to. Um, we were just talking a little bit before. Yeah. Uh, super, and it's, super it's excited right now. Super, super excited. excited. Marvin is super excited. <laughs> this has come full circle. Uh, and so this person is a rapper. They are an author, um, recently author, right? Um, they, I was in a program with this person. It was called city to city. We, you know, learned about, you know, church planting and, you know, becoming leaders within the church. And so I met this person. Then I remember in that moment that I met this person, I went to Marvin. I said, Marvin, yo, I met this person. They're a rapper. And he's like, yo, dope. Who is it? And I tell him the name of this person. He's like, I've been listening to this person for a minute. And so we had talked about this. This is like I don't even know. This was like, a while back. Yeah. A while back. Had to be like 2018, 2019, maybe. Um, and now 2022, here we are with this person on the podcast. Marvin's yeah. excited. I'm excited. And so Full without circle. further ado, I want to introduce to you guys on the podcast, Celis Hamilton. What's going Celis on, Hamilton. y'all? What's up? How are you? Yo, I'm well. Excited to be here. Grateful that it's Good Friday. Um, just Come feeling on. good this morning. So grateful to be here. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you for, for yeah. being here. Thank you for being on the podcast. Uh, Marvin, I'll, I'll let you talk about, you said that you had heard that that first song. Uh, yeah, so I remember, I believe the first song was Just Tell Me. I'm not sure how I came across it. Um, I, it, it probably could have been, um, you know, Jeff um, from Rep Cry. Shout out to Jeff. I think I saw like a video or something like that. And uh, it just caught my eye. And then obviously I remember hearing Sellers, you know, verse and I was just, floored and i was like yo i gotta i gotta you know check this out um and then from then i just started hearing as you know back back music and and albums and it's crazy because i think um i was possibly maybe like a year or two years in married and then Mm sellers went out to put you know um his album you know get married or stuff like that so it was cool it was cool to like see somebody who obviously i liked as an artist like you know the way they um, they rhyme and and who I think is extremely talented and just to see like almost like wow that's crazy I, you know I just got married and somebody that I listen to is putting out like a album like that so yeah I'm excited I'm excited to be here man so it's, it's great to have you bro. thank you man that means a lot bro for real that's so dope so it, it's cool Marvin because you were saying like 
you got married or you, you had just gotten married. Celis puts out this album that's talking about stuff like that. So it's kind of yeah. like you guys were following the same pattern. So music was coming out that was relevant to your life in the moment. Right, for sure. Which is dope. Celis, when did Just Tell Me come out? Man, Just Tell Me. Um, yo, we could we could take a stab and say 2017, 2018. Wow, so you've been um, rocking for a while, Marvin. Yeah, yeah. and that, that's a song with one of my homies. Shout out to my boy, Gennaro Ortiz. Um, he's uh, right in Jersey and super talented artist. And so that was a collaboration we had recently met. So Just Tell Me is one of those songs that I feel like just our creativity together just kind of like meshed and we just were able to make a great song. So yeah. So dope, so dope. So like I said, this is a kind of like a full circle moment having that conversation Marvin had just because you, if it came out in 2017, that means you listened to it a year before I had met Celis. I meet Celis yeah. a year later. Here we are 2022 having this conversation. But I want to go back way before 2017. And I just tell us if you could just give us like kind of a background of where you're from, uh, you know, where you were raised, all that good stuff. Yeah, so I'm from Atlanta. Uh, I grew up in Atlanta on the north side. And so I come from like this musical family. My mom was a hip hop artist in the 80s. She toured all around the country doing her thing. Like she was a hardcore rapper. Wow. So she was like wow. on like, you know what I'm saying? Like the Lil' Kim type vibes. Like she was wow. like hardcore, especially for like a, yeah. a, a, a female MC. She was like real hardcore, rapped about the streets, rapped about the life she knew. Um, and so I come from that, seeing her write lyrics in the in the living room, seeing her practice her performances in the living room. And I'm a little kid, like just soaking it all up and aspiring to, you know, be a part of that world. And so you can you can naturally kind of imagine that she was playing a lot of hip hop in the crib. So she was always playing, mm -hmm. you know, Tupac, Biggie. And even like even though I was young, it's crazy because I remember I remember when when both of those legends died. And I remember like the, the mm -hmm. feeling in the crib. And so hip hop was just like always a big part of my upbringing, a big part of like my life. Um, and yeah, like my mom eventually got saved. And when she got saved, it was like her music did a 180. Like she's, she no longer was this, you know, hardcore lady that was, you know, bashing men and talking about the streets and gang life, drug life, but she was rapping about Jesus. And so as a young, young kids seeing that and experiencing her music take such a drastic shift that shaped me and you know kind of set wow. me on course for what i do now so that is so dope so it, yeah. it's safe to say that rap like runs in your blood oh for sure it's it's in there that's fire that's so wow. dope i love that you talk about how she her her rap did a 180 right because i feel like you know, especially if you grew up in a religious uh, circle, right, or religious upbringing, it's a lot of times where you feel like you can't listen to rap or you can't listen to certain music uh -huh. because you're a Christian. So I love that, like, she didn't just drop rap music, but she just rapped about what was now relevant to her life and what was the biggest thing in her life. So I love that. I love that you grew up in that, which is so dope. Uh, you've yeah. had that that model for you already set up. Do you have siblings? Yeah, I have two brothers, two brothers and a sister. And I'm the they... oldest, actually. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. So do they do music? Yo, what's what's weird is I'm the only one that 
actually does music. Like we all grew up playing instruments and like playing in our school bands and singing in the church choir and stuff. So music was around us, but I'm the only one who actually pursued it like for real, for real. Dope. Okay. Okay. So you grew up in Atlanta. You had a mom who did, who did rap music. Um, how did you end up in New York city? Yo, so I was, um, I was, uh, I went to, I ended up going to college in DC. Um, and so uh-huh. when I was in college for DC, when I was in DC for college, um, the price got really expensive. I was going to Howard university, private university. I wasn't on scholarship. And so tuition was going up 12% each year. And at the time when I was going into my senior year, it was 48,000 a year. And so you can imagine like, there's no way I had that, you know, just sitting in the bank account or out of pocket. Like my family didn't yeah. come from that. And so they actually kicked me out of school and sent me back home to Atlanta. So when I was in Atlanta, um, I was just kind of bummed out because I no longer was, you know, going to be able to graduate with all my class and my friends. And I kind of was just feeling discouraged about my future and like, yo, I got to make something of myself. But I had always been doing music since I was a kid. And I was like the one thing I had to fall back on. And I was just working like a regular comfortable job, like working at the mall. And I just wanted more out of my life. And I knew God was calling me to more. And I did this fast in January and the Lord just kind of like in me not eating and just kind of like praying and reading. The Lord was like, Mm -hmm. yo, move to New York. Like, and I knew it was from him because I didn't think about New York. Like I didn't know nobody in New York. Like it was, it was like a straight God thing where it was like, that wouldn't have happened on my own. And so I took a faith move, bought a one-way Southwest airline ticket to New York um wow. you know i had like 200 dollars to my name and i just moved to the south bronx randomly and that's how wow. i got here wow wow, wow. Uh, you might have said this and i just didn't catch it but what did you go uh to school for i went to school for uh journalism and communications wow mm. okay so then you moved to new york city yeah. Did you pick up rap like as soon as you moved to New York City? Like, what was like? Did you do journalism for a while? What did that look like? So when I moved to New York, um, not knowing anybody, I had one cousin that lived in the South Bronx, which is why I went there specifically. And I just kind of hit him on some like, "Yo, cuz, let me let me crash on your couch for like six months until I get a feel for the city and get situated." And I quickly ran out of my two hundred dollars that I came with because New York is expensive. You know what I'm saying? And um, that forced me, my plan was to move to New York and just jump right into music. But of course, not knowing anybody and not really having any money, it wasn't as smooth as I thought. So when I got desperate, ran out of money, and I wasn't trying to be a burden to my cousin, uh, it was a couple of days where after just being like really hungry and not having any food, where I would be on the subway and I'd notice like kids were selling candy or kids was like, this is how long ago and how quick things have changed. But I don't know if y'all remember when people used to go through the car selling DVDs, like, yeah. <laughs> like people was, yeah, yeah. it's crazy. Cause actually I think people weren't really buying them at this time. So maybe this was the end of that phase, but I was yeah. just noticing being new to New York. Like I was like, yo, it's packed on these trains. It's more people than I've ever seen in my life. Just on a regular day's journey. I was like, yo, and if they selling candy, what would happen if I get up here and rap? Because sometimes I'll see people come through and do Showtime and dance. And so my introduction yeah. to doing music in the city was me just being so broke that one day I walked on the train car, took my hat off and started spitting. And from there, wow. that is how I got into music in New York. 
Wow. 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 Okay. Talk Jeez. about yeah, I'm like I'm like talk about coming to New York and literally doing what New Yorkers do. Like I'm just gonna you know, I see what they're going on. How was how was it? I think it's crazy too, um, you know, coming from from the background of music and rap and literally coming to New York, not just anywhere, but in the South Bronx, which is such a yeah. big, you know, where where rap seems to be kind of like birth. So how was that? Was that something experience for you? Like, what did you learn being uh, or living in the Bronx? Or what did you get from that? Yo, that's, that's an incredible question because I felt like it was like a God moment. You know what I'm saying? Because of all the places that my cousin could have lived and me not knowing anything, um, as a hip hop head, no matter where you from, you know what the South Bronx is known for. So when I'm like, yeah, yeah cuz, can I crash on your couch? Where you live at? He was like, oh, I'm in the South Bronx. It was like, oh, like I'm yeah. going to, I'm going to where, I'm going to where hip hop from, you know what I'm saying? So yeah. uh, living with him and just kind of being in the neighborhood. And I remember like a couple blocks from him, you know what I'm saying? They had the big, the big pun mural. And like, yeah. I just yeah. was starting to feel hip hop all around me. And then crazy things happened in the in the South Bronx too. Like there was times right. where I was rapping on the train, trying to make some money to get a dollar slice of pizza. And then some people would stand up on the train and be like, yo, battle me right now. You know what I'm saying? And so mm -hmm. New York started bringing this like gutter and grit out of me that I feel like I needed to really become who I was supposed to be. Because New York taught me like, you got to be ready at all times. Like if you still hungry and you know that if you look lame on that train because somebody battled you and you walk away, like you ain't getting no donations, you ain't eating today. So it taught me mm -hmm. kind of to be ready and to be on my A game. So yeah, the South Bronx brought that out of me. So dope. Wow. Do you feel like the South Bronx has more of a, I guess, play or, or role in the way that you rap versus Atlanta? What's so crazy is um, I, I think this is just part of my mindset, but I have strong Atlanta pride. Like, mm -hmm. um, and so when I moved here, my mindset was like, don't let New York change you. Like, don't let New York change who you are. But the crazy yeah. thing is Atlanta, like, you know, one of the reasons why it was so hard for me to be an artist in Atlanta growing up is because Atlanta never supported me. Like my hometown, because they had seen me doing music since I was eight years old. It was like they didn't take me serious. So the beautiful thing was when I was in New York and I'd step on to open mics or like rap on a train, it was like the moment I said, yo, I'm from Atlanta, everybody's eyes opened where I'd see somebody, a couple of times I was on a train and I'd see somebody rap. But if people knew that person was from New York, they didn't pay them any attention. But the moment I said, I'm from Atlanta, it was like, I seen people take the earphones out their ear. Like I seen people kind of be like, yo, who is this? And it's the same way in Atlanta, like when people heard me say I'm from Atlanta, they didn't pay attention. But then when we heard somebody from New York or like, and so it's just true, like the city you're at, the city you're in never really respects you until you're from somewhere else. So I feel like that was my big advantage being in New York and spe specifically the South Bronx was like, I became known as like, yo, that's that dude from Atlanta who up here, he rap, And it kind of helped me. Wow, wow. I just thought of that, that verse, I'm paraphrasing, but where like Jesus says, like a prophet yeah. is not welcomed in his own city. That's kind of kind of crazy to see that even in the rap world too. Oh, like, for sure. Yeah. Most rappers, crazy. most rappers all the time talk about how their least attended concerts 
and their least supportive cities are always the cities where they're from. They always say wow. that. Wow. Wow. Yeah. That is crazy. I would have not expected that. You would think that there'd be some pride there. Like, yo, yeah. this person is from where I'm from, so I'm going to go support them. Nah, it's the opposite. And we want that, you know? We want that so yeah. bad for the city that's home to to show love. When I When I went on tour last year, I was most excited about ending the tour in Atlanta and doing the Atlanta show as being like, yo, this is my first time performing here in like seven years. You know what yeah. I'm saying? And that show, it was people that I invited and that I was looking for in the crowd more than any other city. And it turned out to be the true, you know, the people that I really was expecting to see didn't show up wow. and it, it is what it is. So. Yeah. Wow. Wow. wow you learn something new every day. That's crazy. Yeah. Um. So that's the beginning, right? Like you grew up under your mother who was doing music and you saw the 180 when she gave her life to Jesus. Then you are going to college in DC. You move back to Atlanta because you can't afford college. Then you come out here to New York City. You're living in South Bronx with your cousin. You know, $200 runs out fast in New York City. Yeah. And now you're on the train rapping. Um. And now fast forward. I believe if I'm correct and, and tell me, correct me if I'm wrong, you have four albums out now. So three um, on your own, one with some, like one with two other people. Yeah. Yeah. So that one technically, it was really supposed to be an EP, but I guess the way they classify it based off of length. So if the album, the project is over a certain amount of minutes, then it automatically becomes classified as an album. So I don't really count oh. that one as a, as an album, but yeah, we got three. I technically have three okay, albums yeah. out. Three albums out. That the one that is with the two other people is supposed to be an EP, but be I guess like Spotify or Apple Music, they take it as an album because there's a certain amount of minutes on it. Yeah, for sure. I didn't even know that. Wow, I can't, I'm learning something new again. <laughs> um, okay, so that that happens. You have that. You have a book out as well. Yeah. If Jesus was a rapper. Yep. If Jesus was okay. a rapper. Um, wow. Yeah, we can we can get into that. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, and you are a husband and a father now. Yeah, seven month old oh, son, man. been married for going on. We'll be approaching four. Well, we're crossing three years, so we'll be coming up on four. So, yeah, wow. look at that. So, so time time has done a number, and there's there's been success, if, if to say the least. So, which one do we want to get into first? The albums, the book, being a father, being a husband, man. I don't know. Um, let's go. Let's go with music how did you go from rapping on train cars right and putting your hat out to now having three albums later what, what was the process like so uh it was just a continued grind like one of the things that i determined was i started seeing the benefit of how many people are in new york and it's kind of like what j cole said like when he came from north carolina and he was like yo i'm gonna take advantage of what new yorkers take for granted you know what i'm saying and mm -hmm. so when you come from a place where you don't actually see that many people outside and then you realize just standing outside, like, whoa, I lost count of how many people just walked past me in 10 minutes. What if wow. all of these people knew that I was a rapper and supported my music? Shoot, I could blow up right here in my own neighborhood. Like you start thinking different. And so yeah. my mindset became, okay, what started as a way for me to feed myself now, what if I go print some business cards and for everybody that gives me a donation, I actually get them to follow me on social media. So I'm building that up too. So I started, mm -hmm. you know, somebody give me a dollar, 
or change, whatever it was, I was grateful for everything, but whatever it was, I hand them a business card and say, hey, follow me online. I'm about to drop some music. I got some videos on YouTube. So that helped because it started getting me, you know, my followers up. And then one of the things that I started doing is I started going on like Google and just looking up open mics that were happening in the city. And I would schedule an open mic for every single night of the week. So I was like, yo, I'm a rap on trains during the day. I was like, and I'm gonna find somewhere to perform at night. So I just went full-time grind rapper crazy mode. And I, um, I performed over 120 shows in New York in one year. And, uh, so it was, that just lets you know how much I was grinding. Like I was doing so many shows. I was meeting people on the train. I was walking in record labels and getting interviews and, you know, talking about deals and things like that. And it was just because I was always out so much, like I was just meeting people. And so God just started kind of accelerating my career and a lot of great opportunities happened, you know, within my first year living in New York, just because of that grind. So that's kind of like how everything kind of started. Wow. 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 Okay. And then fast forward to the book, what made you want to put a book out? So I, um, I've been a writer my whole life, you know, not only a writer of music, but in school, like from elementary, middle, all that. I used to um, enter like poetry contests and love writing essays and just like, I always have loved to write in the art of writing. So I always had a dream of writing a book one day. And I felt like my journey as an artist and a musician, like God was already building a book inside of me my whole life. And I just hadn't, you know, come across the right time to put it out. So I had been writing little pieces of my life down for many years and keeping a bunch of journals and things like that. And so uh, eventually, uh, you know, a lot of things come to me in prayer and I was praying one day and I felt like God was saying, now is the time to put your book out and to put all those things together because it's going to bless somebody. And also just like I, not to be morbid, but I do know that when you're living on purpose and you're a Christian that's living to try to change lives and tell people about Jesus, we're supposed to live like every day is our last. And so I mm. began being convicted, like God has put all these stories and experiences and knowledge in me. And what if, you know, since tomorrow's not promised, what if today is my last day? And so I began to try to get this book out as quick as I could because I wanted someone to have access to what I felt like God put inside of me. So. It was it was that God was telling me to do it, and it was also just me following that conviction that hey, tomorrow's not promised, and I want to share with the world as much as I can. So, put the book out, mm-hmm. self published it. I was hoping to get a publishing deal. I got denied from every publishing company you could think of. I presented them the book, wow. um, and they all would say the same thing: "Wow, this book is incredible. The writing is good, but you don't have enough social media followers for us to give you a deal." And I was like. So this is how publishing works now is y'all don't y'all don't let somebody publish a book unless they got a certain amount of followers. And honestly, that's wow. the way to that's the way the book industry is now. Like everything's like that. Record labels like labels would meet me with me and say the same thing, like, oh, your music's dope, but we're not gonna sign you because you don't got the followers. So it's like all these industries now, they don't really work with you unless you got a social media following. I feel like that's whack because you miss out on a lot of great talent. Yeah. Um, but it happened to the same thing with the music. It happened with the book and, um, I got discouraged, but then the Lord was just like, yo, put it out yourself. Same way you did with the music. When they told, you, no, you put the music out yourself, put the book out yourself. 
So I just got on YouTube, watched a bunch of videos about how to put a book out on your own, and I, I put it out myself. So that's where we at. Wow. Wow. That's crazy. YouTube is a, a key thing in this generation. It helps. Yes. That's crazy. Okay. And you're a husband and a father. My question, I guess, with that is how does that fuel or maybe even change the way that you pursue music, your career, anything like that? Like now having a child, now having a wife, how do you feel like that's impacted the way that you do music? Um, it's changed it hundred percent. Like, like I said, I was able to rap on trains all day and perform at shows every night. Now that I'm a husband, I can't do that. I don't have the, the time to do that. I have someone else who, you know, deserves the best part of my day, who deserves the best mm. part of my time. And, um, so I will say that I'm also grateful that God gave me the ability to do that in my singleness, because one, one message that I have for people who are single is yo maximize the time that you have because you're not gonna have that later and so i'm grateful that i can look back and say like yo i was able to really grind like i don't have regrets feeling like you know before i got married i didn't really do a lot like i did a lot i did a lot lot and you know i had to go through this season of grief when i got married because i was so used to doing so much that it kind of first felt sad like oh i can't do shows every night oh i can't you know mm. what I'm saying? Um, but the Lord was showing me like, no, it's it's not restricting. You're just in a new season that just requires different of you. So um, it forced yeah. me to work smarter. Like what I realized is before I was a grind artist, but now I think marriage has forced me to be a smart artist. It forced me now mm. to be like, you need a team. You can't do every like you were able to do everything yourself. You were able to be a one man show and carrying your own business cards and talking to everybody. Now, who do you have responding to your emails? Now, who do you have actually like helping you design merch? Like all these things, because I don't have the time that I used to, marriage has forced me to actually build a team of people, get interns, start my own company. Yeah. Um, and then also being a dad, that times a thousand, because you know, when you got a baby, you're even more your time. And so I think it's yeah. in a way it's made me a better artist, but it's also made me a better man because it's just well-rounded me in a bunch of areas and it's helped me learn how to prioritize my time. So, yeah. Wow. 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 Okay. Yeah. You have a tour coming up in May. Yeah. Is this, is this your second tour? This is my second uh, independent tour. Yes. Uh, last year, Last year was my first, I've been on tours before with other artists, like being a supporting mm -hmm. act, but I had never been on my own tour. And so last year, you know, coming out of the pandemic, we were still kind of in it, but I felt like taking a faith move and putting together my own tour, did that, but I only did six cities just because, you know, it was a lot going on still in the country, a lot of restrictions, and I kind of wanted to test the waters. Yeah, yeah. The tour was highly successful. And it kind of showed me like, cause a lot of people were mad, like, dang, you ain't come to my city. Like you only did these other cities. Like, and so, yeah, yeah. you know, I already knew that this would be an album year. Like I, I, the way, the way the guy wires me to think is I think about all my projects, like from a visionary standpoint. So things that I'm about mm -hmm. to drop, you know, years down the line, I already know what they are. And so I already have wow. been waiting for this moment. Like, you know, yes, we have the tour dropping uh tour starting next month but there's also an album dropping at that same time 
And this is the album that I've been waiting three years to release. This is like my baby right here. This is the one that I feel like is just going to shift things. I think it's going to change a lot of things. Um, And so, yeah, I'm just really excited about the tour because this year we're doing, you know, 18 to 20 cities. Um, And then we are also dropping the album. And so it's just super exciting. Uh, I learned a lot from touring last year and there's a lot of excitement. A lot of people saw me perform for the first time on that tour and they're like, yo, you actually a raw performer, but they don't know that's because I did 120 shows (laughs) in New York in one year. So you learn how to perform doing 120 shows. So yeah, I I can imagine. I can imagine. Um, So I want to, I was going to ask about the tour, but now I want to ask about that album dropping. Why, why three years? Why'd you wait three years? Was it like, like, and what, what was the, why now? So, um, I didn't know, you know, I, I'm not, I don't know the future. Only God knows the future. Um, but I did know that most of the great artists that I know, they reinvent themselves between projects. They, they show their versatile and the best artists have projects that show different sides of them. Like it's always true about their life, but it shows something new about their life. And so, you know, I dropped a, a wedding album when I was getting married. That was the season I was in. Um, and that was like an R&B type, you know, smooth, lovey-dovey type project. Before that, um, I had dropped like this deep conceptual, like theological project. And then mm-hmm. I recently went through, you know, like this, um, it's kind of like an internet seminary course that's just shifted my life in addition to becoming a, a dad. And so while I knew there was going to be a project coming later on, on down the line, a lot of changes internally have happened in my life that ultimately just are reflected in the music. And so I've become more musical. Mm-hmm. I've gotten more in tune with like my music roots because I grew up playing in the band and playing trumpet and reading music. And I always said, yo, I want to do a project where I'm actually involved in the production. And I've always wanted to do a project where I got a chance to work with like some of the biggest Christian hip hop artists, because I know everybody, like a lot of people don't know, like I know, you know, all the big people, Lecrae, like I know everybody, but they always be like, yo, why you don't work with people? You know, and it's because I'm very picky about music. And so Mm. this is like, but I knew there was a moment where I was going to give people something where they got a chance to see me with the people that they want to see me with. And so I'm just excited because it's time and uh, the music is great. And we've all kind of come out of a difficult year where we're really looking for good music and good hip hop. And I got it for them. That's exciting. That's exciting. Yeah. That's exciting. Is the, is the album dropping the same day the tour starts? Oh, he, he can't tell us. He can't tell us. He you know what? Us. I might give y'all some exclusives because um, I haven't told anybody, but eventually you got to tell people. So yeah, should I announce the date? I, I could announce that. I haven't told nobody, but I, I feel like I kind of want to tell the this date is- to y'all. If 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 I if I'm doing my math correct, this will be dropping on April 27th. So, so what what's your thoughts based off of that date? So I, you're I, guessing I, that I the album is going to drop April 27th. I'm saying that this podcast is dropping April this 27th. Episode. This episode of the podcast is dropping April 27th, 
your tour starts May 5th, if I'm correct. Yeah. Ah, I'm going to go with the weekend before May 5th. So a couple of days after this podcast. Yeah, and okay. and a couple of days before, a couple of days after this podcast, a couple of days before your tour. So I say the last weekend in April is my guess. That's a great guess. I'm gonna tell you the answer. The answer is this album is gonna drop May sixth. It's gonna uh, drop the May sixth. After. So the okay. New York show May fifth is actually going to be a surprise album release concert. Wow. Okay. Wow. Okay, Marvin, we got to get to that. We got to get yeah, to that. Yeah, that's most definitely. That, that, yeah. that the New York show, show is going to be one of the sure. most amazing experiences. So I'm, uh, we, I need y'all to pull up. That New York show is yeah, going to be sure. for we sure. Gotta, we got to. We got to. We got to buy tickets like now because right. once this drops, people are going to be buying tickets. Right, <laughs> we gotta, right. we oh, New York, yeah, where, New York's going to sell out. So yeah, that's going Where's the New York going to be at? Where's the New York show is going to be at? The New York show is um at Chelsea Music Hall. Uh, nice. you know, Dope. lower area of Manhattan. So it's gonna be yeah. psh, we bringing out everything. It's gonna be a good show. Yeah, yeah. We gotta wow. we gotta take care of that after this. Uh, after yeah, this, after this podcast. Um, I do have a question actually because you bought you you said you know I know a lot of people, and even in my head I was just like, man, that's crazy being from Atlanta. Was it was it ever a dream or? you know, wanting to be part of something like Reach, which to my knowledge is, you know, in Atlanta, was that ever something, or at least getting to know them, like, did you ever had a chance or was that something you always dreamed of or it was just like, I always wanted to do my own thing? Man, I, I'm not going to lie to you, dude. I, I think every artist had major dreams to want to be signed to Reach, you know? I, I definitely mm -hmm. did. I'm never going to be too cool to sit here and act like I wasn't knocking on Reach's door like, yo, sign me. You know what I'm saying? Um, I've, I've done my share of, of thirsty things <laughs> to try to get their attention. And um, But ultimately, what I will say is I think that what I didn't know then is that God always had a different plan for me because, you know, like I said, I have relationships. I know people and there's mutual respect there. But a lot of the opportunities for being signed in the spaces that I really wanted to be, God never allowed those things to happen but he would always show me later why. And, mm. you know, like I said, I was the dude who, not to say that certain people aren't street, you know what I'm saying? I'm not the most street dude. I, I grew up with both parents in the home, you know, in the suburbs on the north side of Atlanta. But I always have had a heart for the streets and a heart for evangelism. And it wasn't ironic that God had me rapping on trains um, in clubs and in prisons, you know what I'm saying? Like my whole life, mm -hmm. even before New York, I was rapping on trains, you know what I'm saying? Our trains was different, mm -hmm. but I was rapping on trains. I was rapping in parking lots, um, in prisons. So like, I've always not really been like a church performer, but more like a dude in the streets with my music, yeah. a grinder. And a lot of the spaces and places that I felt like would be good fits for me, God knew that they weren't really good fits for me based off of like my style and who he called me to reach. And so, yeah, I had definitely dreams of being in different spaces, being signed to reach, but God knew what was best. And yeah, he didn't allow those things to happen. Yes. Okay. So thinking about tour and you going on tour, if I'm correct and I'm remembering correct, did you, go on tour last time with your wife when she was pregnant? Did she go on tour with you? 
she came on to her eight months pregnant by the pop. Wow. Yeah. wow. Trooper. Yeah. So you was doing every show like this baby could come any minute. <laughs> Yo, we really had this backup plan in our mind. Like, you know, he might be born in whatever city that we in. And that'd yeah. be kind of a cool story to be like, yo, our baby was born on the tour. You know, we went and did the concert, you know what I'm saying? So, um, yeah. yeah, it was always a thought in the back of our mind. And then, you know, they're coming with me on this tour as well. Like, it's, it's how I move is family is important. And, you know, having my wife as a support and a bunch of my mentors and OGs and artists in the game, one of the major common threads of advice that they've given me is, yo, as much as you can, make sure your wife is with you when you're on tour. You know, make sure your family is mm. with you because it's a lot of stress emotionally, mentally, physically. And your yeah. family is the thing that keeps you grounded when every night you're in a different place, when you're tired and you're losing your voice and then there's temptation and all these things. So that's the way we, that's the way we moving and traveling. And, you know, it's a sacrifice. I, I shout out to her and I'm super grateful because, you know, now that we have a baby that, that adds another layer, like first she was just pregnant, which was hard, but actually now that he's here and he's needs care, but um, yeah. she's a trooper. So it means a lot. Shout out to her. Yeah. So you're going on tour. If I, I'm, I'm looking at it now, you're going to be in tour for a little bit longer than a month, right? Yeah. So you're going to be on tour. First day is May 5th. The last day, if I'm saying this correctly, is June 20th. Yeah. Yep. In 18 to 20 cities. That's You're going to wow. be in a lot of places. <laughs> yeah. In, in, the, in the course of, what, 30-something, 40 days? Um, What does it take? Because I think this is something that hits my mind. What does it take to put a tour together like this? Yo, a lot of people have hit me. I'm talking big people, like big people have hit me like, yo, how did you do that? Because big people can't even get tours like this a lot of times. Wow. And the reason I say that is because big Christian artists, when they do tours like this, they usually have to stack the bill with a bunch of other artists to make the tour actually profitable. But yeah. to see one person like by themselves doing this many cities and to know that they're not church shows because like church shows is kind of like the cheat way to go on tour like church will book you they'll pay for you to come they'll make it very easy but when you're doing a real tour you actually have to fund everything you have to you know make the negotiations with those venues sell the mm -hmm. tickets like be your own person so it takes a lot and once again shout out youtube university because when you independent <laughs> and you ain't got no label but you want to go on tour and you got big dreams YouTube has become a great resource for a lot of the things that I've learned how to do. It taught me how to write my book. It also taught me how to put together a tour this big by myself and to do it professional. So we got the best venues. I'm not talking like rinky dink venues, like all of these venues are top of the line. Same way that we got wow. Chelsea Music Stage, like I'm blessed to say that in every city we've got venues with professional lighting, smoke machines, you know what I'm saying? Wow. Four bars in there so people can, you know, get food and have drinks and have a good time. And like, I want people to feel comfortable and feel like they're at a professional show. And so, um, yeah. yeah, it took a lot of work. Um, but like I said, man, YouTube University, <laughs> YouTube University, y'all. Shout out to them. So if you're trying to put together a tour, uh, uh, enroll in YouTube University uh, and uh, maybe hit sell us up. He's, he's doing go. it. He's killing it. Yeah. Um, Marvin, you got any, any last questions? Um, I would say 
obviously this being your second tour, um, what's the what's the one thing that you've learned? You know, like how how is and and quickly, I guess, like you know, without saying too much, I guess, what's how, what is tour life kind of like going to different cities? Like, how long are you able to be there? Are you able to enjoy mm. these places? Is it just you know where you're staying at, where you're performing? Maybe get you know hit up a spot that you've been wanting to eat there for a while, and then it's on to the next one. Like, what is tour life really like for artists? Yeah, so tour life it really depends on the schedule. So. In routing a tour, you try to your ultimate goal is to try to spend more time in the cities that are a little bigger, that are more exciting. So those are like you try to plan those as like your rest cities. So like you're like LA or like Chicago or like New Orleans, like cool cities like that. You'll try to be like, all right, let me have two nights there, one night for the show and one night to rest before the next spot. So then that rest day I can kind of hang out, get my voice, you know, get back physically rejuvenated for the next city. But sometimes when you're mm-hmm. booking and seeing what nights venues have available it doesn't work that way so a lot of the times man tour life is unpredictable because you may be in a city for only you know seven hours four of those hours are show related and then you know the other three is just legit maybe you trying to get a little nap in so you're blessed if you get a chance to grab food you know like our bare minimum is we of course try to find the best food spots in each spot and spot but as far as going out shopping, being on the scene, number one, you don't have the physical energy to do that because you're doing so many performances and then you just mm-hmm. don't have the time. And you also want to be, you know, you want to be professional because uh, I've got a lot of artists that told me their first tours, they they tried to hang out too much and their shows suffered because they actually didn't mm-hmm. have the energy they needed in the concert. And I always want to make sure I give fans in each city, you know, my best. So I'm trying to eat good, but I'm, I'm probably going to lay low. And with this many cities, with doing this many cities, I'm probably going to lay low and just kind of make sure I eat good and have a good time on stage. Dope. Dope. So if you're, if you're listening to this, go ahead and send Sellers the best places to eat along the tour. So Absolutely. He knows, I need know, where, that. Where he can eat. I need that. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> Dope. Is there any last things you want to let the people know, Sellers, before we wrap this all up? Yo, well, first off, I just want to thank y'all. Uh, thank you for for having me. Uh, it's been a dope conversation. Uh, I want to, of course, plug this tour. If you're listening and yeah. you're in any of the cities that I'm coming to, of course, the cities are on all my social media, Sellers Hamilton, as well as SellersHamilton.com. Buy your tickets early. Last year, show sold out, and we had 40 people sitting outside angry, and there was nothing wow. I could do about it. So I uh, want to let you know, don't wait to the last minute. Buy your tickets um i i really have something special planned for y'all and then also get excited about this album like i've been working on it for a long time these songs yeah. are yeah special they special so that's what yeah. i'll say dope 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 i'll say there this this is all all on the spot right now this is not planned uh new york city show and clueless will buy two tickets to give away to someone uh we'll wow. figure out how we'll put something on our instagram right. the two tickets we'll be giving it away to the new yeah. york city show make sure you get there you you already heard what's going to be happening so make right. sure you get there uh once we put out the information for that make sure you do whatever it is that you need to do to get those tickets but we will be doing that uh on the spot right now just thought of that so that's happening yo um, that's dope thank you that's dope of course of course <laughs> nothing but support here what i did realize in the middle of this podcast 
Marvin, do you know what I forgot to do? Rapid, huh? Rapid fire questions. Yeah. I, I completely forgot. We were so excited that Celis was on the <laughs> podcast. We literally just just threw away our whole the whole way we do this thing. Right. So we're gonna we're gonna do some rapid fire to end the podcast. There you go. Because Got you. we didn't start the podcast that way. So rapid fire questions. If you don't know, I already explained this to Celis, but we'll just give a little recap. We pretty much give about ten questions. Uh, and you have to say the first thing that comes to your head. So we don't give time to think. Uh, yesterday we did a, we did record a podcast coming Ooh. out on April twentieth, and they were no pretty joke. rapid. Yeah. Like they they killed that. So they are Oof. the per they're the person to beat right now. So ten questions. First thing that comes to your head. Are you ready, Celis? I'm ready. All right, let's do this. Number one, what is your favorite movie? Great Debaters. Theme song for your life. More money, more problems. <laughs> What's a telltale sign you're upset? Oh, my face. Okay. What is, what is your favorite pair of sneakers that you own? Chicago Ones. Ooh, okay. Most treasured possession? Uh, my Israeli shofar, ram's horn. Okay. If you had to get rid of one food on the earth, what food would it be? Asparagus. Uh -oh. okay, okay. I like asparagus, but okay. Um, if you had to give up one of these, either to see or to hear, which one would it be? Definitely to see. Okay. The first song that comes to your head in this moment? Uh, Jail Tonight, Kanye. Okay. If you could move to another state right now, had to go, where would you go? Chicago, Illinois. Okay. And if you could either be the smartest person in the world or the best athlete in the world, which one would you pick? Smartest. Okay. And there you go. That's, that, there you have it. Rapid fire go. questions uh, to end the podcast instead of starting the podcast. But I, hey, I thought that was a cool way to end it. Yeah, I thought so too. Do most dope, people hate dope. their answers after they've given them? <laughs> sometimes. I, sometimes. Sometimes. People That's probably like, oh, how it's man, supposed to be, right? Better. Yeah, because right. you just think, yeah, true. Yeah, yeah. We've definitely had some people say some wild things before that were like, what? Right, and then right, they're right. like, dang, I could have said this, but hey, it happens. I mean, one time we asked Marvin what his favorite food was, and he said cereal. Like, that was his legit answer, cereal. Yeah. Just Oof. first thing that comes to his head. So. Just came to my head, yeah. Yeah. So there you have it, guys. That was episode four of And Clueless. I'm excited uh, yeah. for these shows that are coming up for this tour. Like I said, we'll be giving away two tickets. So look out for that on our Instagram on how we're going to go about that. Uh, but there's many shows. So whatever city you find yourself in, find the closest show to you and make yes. sure you get there. There's going to be some amazing things happening. And without, with, with all that being said, we love you guys. Make sure to follow us. We'll be also putting Celis' uh, Instagram handle in the bio of the podcast. So make sure you find that as well and we love you guys peace out peace, peace.